Welcome to the Life Self Mastery Podcast, where we bring in entrepreneurs who have created online businesses and improved their lifestyles. Here's your host, Rohit Malhotra. Hi everyone, I'm Rohit from LifestyleMastery.com and today we have Ridhima Parvathini, who is a serial entrepreneur who founded the Seaways Free Trade Zone in India that generated $4 million annual revenue in just four and a half years while displacing multinational giant DHL as a market leader. Ridhima has dual degrees in system engineering and system management from the Wharton Business School, University of Pennsylvania. She's now the founder and CEO of Boom VR, bringing virtual reality training to the medical industry to improve efficiency in training and reduce medical errors. Welcome to the show, Ridhima. Thank you so much, Rohit. It's a pleasure to be here on Life Self Mastery. Awesome. So, you know, please do share your journey on, you know, how did you uh, get into entrepreneurship and why did you want to solve uh, the problems through Boon VR? Yeah, so the entrepreneurship decision was back in 2013 when I graduated from Borton. And um, I think I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur because it's just the... Uh, urge to do something from nothing and it's the urge to collect um, people uh, and to harness human potential to solve a problem. Now you can do that in the consulting field or in the investment banking field or even as an employee in a great company but I think for me I wanted to understand the nuances um, and the best way you can really get your hands dirty and understand the basics and nuances of the building blocks of a entity is by being an entrepreneur um, and also that gives a lot of freedom um, for self-analysis for thinking about how you want to shape the business where you want to direct it so I think the freedom that entrepreneurship gives um, the creative freedom it gives also um, you know it's something that I really enjoy Um, so that's why I got into entrepreneurship And then why Boone? So Boone was my second entrepreneurial venture. Um, With the free trade zone, I really learned a lot about, you know, scaling a business, um, dealing with competition, uh, displacing like really giant multinational companies and putting ourselves as a market leader position out there. Um, So it was, it was very, uh, it was a fast paced um, commercial um, business, but with Boone, I wanted to take a step back and really ask myself, you know, do I want to do a business or do I want to bring about a technological shift? Um, It was a, it was a much bigger um, tidal wave, so to speak. And um, it required more than just knowing the smarts of doing a a business or scaling a commercial business, Um, you know, bringing about a movement in technology, which affects millions of people globally is um, a completely different chapter altogether. And um, again, that also fundamentally relates to the urge to do something from nothing. Um, And this was doing something bigger, more challenging, and more impactful for the world. Basically, anything um, that helps me use my capabilities um, 
to do something superior to the world is something that I get attracted to. And that's what really attracted me to Boone because virtual reality was at that time in 2016, 2015, 2016, where it was commercial. Um, the hardware was available. It was affordable, but it was still at um, a young stage. Um, and so it was ripe for someone like me to get in and to, to try to take it to greater vistas. Awesome. So, so let's talk about uh, Seaways Fleet. So, uh, did you raise funding for this company, and or, or you know, are you still running the company uh, right now? So, I don't run the company right now. There's a very seasoned uh, board <laughs> that runs the company, and we have a very seasoned uh, chief operating officer that um, that runs the company right now, and they're expanding. Uh, quite aggressively, um, not only have they become the number one in Chennai um, on the East Coast, but they've also expanded to Bombay where they're really growing and now they're going to expand to Gujarat and they're also thinking of Vietnam and Africa um, and of course some more presence in the East Coast which would be Ennore um, Port um, near Chennai. So I'm completely off it because every second of my workday goes into Boon. Okay, uh, and, and so so let's talk about Boon. Uh, you know, uh, for listeners, you know, how does Boon uh, work, and uh, who are you targeting uh, for for these uh, virtual reality training? Yeah. So Boon works by enabling, so our customers are, our end users are doctors, right? So healthcare practitioners anywhere across the world, let it be like a Mayo Clinic or a Cleveland Clinic out here in the US, or let it be like an Apollo hospital in India. Um, any doctor needs to be able to train on new medical devices, right? Medical devices run the show without which no medical procedure or surgery can be performed. Um, so they're the fundamental blocks of the healthcare industry, really. But uh, the rate at which the medical device industry is growing, it means that if you're a medical device manufacturer, you're likely churning out more medical devices than you used to 15 years ago, because just of the advances in science and research um, and material design and development. Um, so it happens, it's very interesting because the medical device industry is bringing out more devices into the market. And that's a really good thing because more patients can be served by different unique devices that, can, that are particularly suited to them. Um, maybe some devices are superior to their older counterparts. And so that helps in better healthcare and better surgical outcomes. So overall, it's a positive thing for the entire world. Great. But the problem is we have a logistical problem here is because a doctor only has 24 hours a day. The more medical devices that are coming out associated with it is more training, right? Um, and in that, in that time that he has, it's impossible for he or she, the doctor, to learn so much, um, to get trained on so many different kinds of medical uh, medical devices, though he or she knows that they're really good for the patients, right? So um, this has been the dilemma of the healthcare industry for the past um, 10, 10 to 15 years, where with the huge influx of medical devices, how do they um, cope up with all the training um, and the traditional methods of training, which is, let's say you're a doctor, we fly you down to, you're in India, so we fly you down from, um, you know, the Apollo Hospital in Delhi to Apollo Hospital in Chennai to learn about um, 
to learn from another seasoned doctor there who's already using the new device so that you can also go back to Delhi and use the device on your patients, right? But that model of transportation and physical transportation to learn a new device, um, to learn about a new device from a seasoned doctor is really, really limiting. It's not convenient. It's not possible. It's extremely costly. So that's where virtual reality comes in because sitting at your desk right now uh, and putting on the virtual reality headset with the Boon software installed, you literally feel that you are indeed transported to Apollo Chennai and you're watching um, Dr. X um, perform this particular surgery with this particular target device. And so it, it cuts short the training time, the lead time for a doctor to train. And when that's cut short, and not only cut short, but it ensures that the doctor is being properly trained. Because remember that, you know, some do and it's not that some doctors, but sometimes because of the patient requirements, you have to use that device on them, even though you may not have been you know, fully trained or, or completely trained on it, which leads to many medical errors. Um, so virtual reality allows doctors not only to ensure that they're getting trained, but they ensure they're getting trained better, faster. And at the end of the day, it's the patient's benefits because he or she can finally avail the device. Got it. So, um, so from what I understand is you, you're a software company, but you, you also use, uh, you know, the VR products. So, so are you, are you responsible for creating those products as well as software? Uh, you know, if you can elaborate more on that. Yeah. So to now spoke about the purpose that Boone solves. So I'll get more into details about what Boone is exactly in terms of the product. Um, so like you said, there's virtual reality hardware, which is a headset. It's like a goggle um, sort of a thing that you put on your eyes. And that's manufactured by Facebook, Google, um, HTC, all the big ones, Samsung. Um, but of course, without software, there's no need for hardware. So the software that we are building is a learning management system in virtual reality. So think of it as like, how are you getting all these you know, medical procedures, real medical procedures in the virtual reality headset? How are they running in the 360 3D dimension? And how are you able to annotate on them? How, how are you able to make notes while you're watching this virtual reality experience? How are you, how is a medical device company able to get analytics on how many doctors are training in virtual reality? Which part of the experience are they watching the most? How many modules have they completed? So it's a complete learning management system for people not familiar with learning management systems. Um, you must have heard of Coursera, right? It's, it's a popular right. online learning management system. Or even YouTube is like a content management system, right? So it has a back end and it has a front end. Um, and building this learning management system in virtual reality is much more complex than building an online, you know, two-dimensional or desktop-based, mobile-based learning management system. And that's what Boone specializes in. The ability for the healthcare sector to have a virtual reality learning management system so that the doctors can easily enter other operating rooms like they were physically there like live and also talk to the other doctor and also get analytics and also be able to annotate and take notes while they're in the VR experience that is a learning management system that Boone is in. Got it. 
Interesting. So, so how, how do you plan to, you know, get uh, customers or uh, do you have customers or hospitals who already signed up uh, uh, to Boonville? Yes. So we are currently working with uh, big medical device companies. So we've signed contracts with a $4 billion medical device company, a $500 million uh, neurosurgical device company. And also we're in talks with seven more, um, you know, Fortune 500 level medical device companies. So we're strategically going after medical device companies right now because, you know, they have the compulsion or they need to train the doctors before they can sell their products in uh, mass uh, quantities. But of course, we've been getting a lot of interest from hospitals directly also. All the hospitals tend to be slower, but hopefully that stereotype is broken and we sign a new contract with the hospital. And you know, how, how much time does it take for you to, to close uh, close an account and you know, get going with them? It really depends on the maturity of the company and the product. So when we started, we started in 2016 um, and we we kind of got into discussions with our first customer at the end of 2016 itself. Um, it didn't take us long because we have a really solid group of uh, advisors um, and our investor, Dr. Fumi Ikeno, he's a very well-respected um, Stanford cardiologist, um, and he has a lot of connections in the medical device space. And um, he essentially uh, sits on the board of, of our first customer. So he connected us to our first customer, and they became our customer in, in you know, a week, so to speak. Um, so closing, contra- closing the or getting the foot in the door is not hard. Um, for us because we have the connections or we've made the effort to hire people or have people on our team that have the connections. But of course, working with our first customer to um, jointly make our beta version of the software and to pilot it in uh, hospitals in Singapore and medical conferences, um, that of course did take time and that, that was a conscious decision because we want to make sure that we have all the details before before launching our next version of the product. Got it. And, and, and what's your revenue model? How do you, how do you, uh, you know, plan to make money? Yeah, so our revenue model is based on the number of hospitals that the device company would give VR training to. So for example, if you're a device company that's operational in the US, Japan, and Germany, and um, you know you, you're, you want to, um, or you're trying to sell your devices, or you already have your devices functioning in uh, 22 of these hospitals across these three countries, um, and you want to deploy VR training to 22 of these hospitals, then it's $595 a month for each hospital um, for one device. Um, so that's how we make the money on them training the doctors with VR. And of course, a lot of um, device companies also want to use VR for marketing and sales purposes at conferences or when they meet doctors one-to-one to sell the product or to get them try to use it. And that's an annual package of about 58,000. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, you, you've used uh, Republic, uh, which is a sister conservative angel list to, to raise uh, funds. Uh, you know, why did you use Republic as a platform and uh, what was the money used for when, when you raised funding? 
Yeah, we use Republic as a platform because of two reasons. One is when we were actively fundraising, which was um, the you know, late part of last year and the early part of 2018, the venture capital um, industry was not so keen on VR because they had hurt themselves for a, from a couple of consumer VR investments going SAR. Um, mm. And of course, though enterprise VR is different from consumer VR, they were still on the wait and watch mode because essentially the the level of maturity that they were seeking for VR now was higher, right? So think of it this way. So if it's a Bitcoin company, it's it's a big fad right now. So a lot of investors would, would invest even without the company having had product market fit, right? Forget yeah. revenue model or, or actual revenue generation or traction, right? But for VR, because the industry, because the technology has been there for a while, um, now they're looking, now the fat, the fad phase has gone. Now they're looking for real results. And so now their expectation is not only to have product market fit, but to also demonstrate a, a working business model and to demonstrate actual sales. And um, even the sales with a certain uh, amount of MRR and ARR, right? So that was their mood, which wasn't um, congruent with our uh, company maturity. So we had to look for alternative sources of funding. But of course, all these VCs that we spoke to were very excited to invest in us later. But that doesn't work for us because we need the funds at that time. Um, and so Republic was just the right thing that we needed because not only did we get the funds that we wanted, now but um we we got it in a very grand way if you know what i mean like um we got so much um attention from people um who otherwise would not have known us if we were just doing a straight vc deal behind closed doors i think the strength of republic apart from the money is marketing it's really marketing um, we've had doctors invest in us through Republic, which is great for us because they're our potential customers. We have medical device um, reps in, invest in us and executives invest in us, which is great because they're direct customers. Um, and we've had so many medical professionals, whether they're nurses or um, across the healthcare board invest in us. And we've had so many people who invested in us in Republic that want to help us in different ways, whether they themselves want to be sales reps in the future, or they want to be some kind of strategic business development folks. So I think um, the Republic network or the Republic fundraise has given us a lot of marketing arsenal, um, more than we had imagined. It has connected us with customers. And uh, more importantly, it is, connected us to the world and made, made Boone a known brand. I mean, you would have seen a lot of Boone's um, ads on Facebook or Instagram, and we were, we were extremely taken aback by how, even though this is an enterprise B2B company, so many people were able to relate to this technology. Very interesting. Um, uh, you know, my, my, my next question is about, you know, AI, VR, uh, do you think, uh, you know, it's going to displace uh, jobs for people because there's a lot of hot topic in Silicon Valley about, uh, you know, how AI is going to, is going to uh, you know, in future uh, leave a lot of people uh, with no jobs. So what, what is your take on that? I think definitely it will have an effect on jobs. There's no denying that. I mean, if you look at the Amazon store in Seattle, which is completely manless, um, everything is, is machine-based and camera-based, of course, there would have been at least like maybe 
120 people in that store normally, but now those 120 people are not there. Um, so it definitely will have an impact on jobs. But there was something that I was reading um, about, yes, it will remove or it will reduce the extent of the jobs, but it will also encourage people to take up more um, senior roles or, or jobs that cannot be done by robots. But I'm not fully convinced by that because we have to see how it pans out. You know, I think the morality of the companies really come into play, play here, especially for AI companies, um, because, you know, how much, how many jobs are you able to generate to compensate the number of jobs that are lost, right? Um, and the people that who are losing the jobs or who are being employed in grocery stores, a lot of skill development needs to go towards them to be able to prepare them for um, the stated higher capability jobs, right? Um, so you can't you can't make a software engineer out of a um, person who works at a grocery store in a month. Right. So I think care needs to be taken there, um, where if the companies in AI are really thinking about the bigger picture that way. But definitely it is a problem, um, like every technology has both pros and cons. Though it increases the convenience for consumers, it does reduce um, employment for the uh, middle class. Got it. And, and, and what is the way forward for Boon VR? Uh, you know, I... Uh, looking at expanding your team and raising more funds? Yes. So the way forward, and you also ask the usage of these funds, um, it's all about their, their twin usage of these funds. One is um, more sophisticated R&D. So to add more sophisticated features in our learning management system, um, where you'll be, you'll, we'll have a lot more live VR capabilities. So, um, and also much more powerful uh, interactive capabilities in our learning management system. I unfortunately can't specify them, but I can just say that it'll make VR very interactive. And the purpose is to, like, if you visit a doctor personally, right, like physically, you, you would move your hands, you would talk to him, you would make eye contact, maybe you would write things down on a notepad and show it to him, and you both of you would discuss that over a whiteboard. The ability to do all those things that are natural, natural and intuitive and interactive when you meet someone in person, we want that capability to also come in the virtual reality world. So making it interactive and intuitive is very important for the immersion. Um, and so that's, these are the sophisticated features that we're working on. And the second um, use of funds is really sales and marketing. We're bringing on um, a very enthusiastic um, director of sales um, with experience in healthcare and, and, medic and, e and M health before. Um, and I think he would really help us scale to a lot more medical device companies globally. Got, got it. So, uh, Rizmandu, uh, the thing is, you, you your first company, uh, you, you're trying to solve, you know, a, a very different industry, uh, and he, the, the, your second company is uh, is into medical industry. So, do you think an entrepreneur uh, needs to do a lot of research when he goes to work on a second? Uh, you know, or, or, or on a business which is entirely different from what he what he or she has done before, or did you have some sort of an advantage? Uh, you know, maybe you, you came from a family background, or uh, or, or you had that that uh, uh, you know knowledge, or uh, you know people around you who could help you solve this problem. 
Yeah, that's a great question. I think um, it's helpful to know people in the industry that you're trying to get into. I think that is the most, that's a very important thing. If you're, if you're in the situation where you're asking yourself, okay, I really want to get into the, um, you know, robotics industry because I, I really have a liking for robots for some reason. It's coming from the inside. But you should ask yourself, do I know people in robotics or at least can I make those connections? So I think investing that time to gather a group of people who have a lot of knowledge in the industry that you're trying to disrupt. In my case, it was medical. And I had that circle of people because a lot of my family members are doctors. And using, even if it's like six people or seven people, it doesn't matter. You need to take that time to network. And that's what I did, um, you know, in 2016 when I started Boone and when I decided to, when I, when I identified that medical was a big opportunity for the next two, three months, I only did networking and research and putting the pieces of data together. And research is great if you do online, but it's limited, right? Yes, news articles are great because they, the news reporters do a lot, a good job of aggregating information from good sources. But you should also have that physical meetings with the associated relevant people. Like I had a lot of meetings with doctors. I went to so many doctors with our prototypes and they connected me to more doctors those doctors connect me to medical device professionals and healthcare consultants. So that way you start with, you know, say six people, you start with them and they will connect you to more relevant people in the industry. And that way you can go across the supply chain of all the people involved in the industry. Consultants in the industry are very knowledgeable. Um, other entrepreneurs in the industry are very knowledgeable organizations in, in that particular industry. In, in our case, it was an organization called QB3, which is in California, which is very important for us. Um, so start with at least a critical mass of people who are really steeped in the industry. I think if that is done, I think an entrepreneur can enter any industry without, without I, I'm, I'm not a doctor, I don't have a medical background, but still we're able to make this a win. Got it. Yeah, that, that, that seems like a great advice. Uh, how long you've been working on Boon VR? 2016 um, Feb is when I started Boon and when we officially incorporated it in, in April of 2016. So yeah, but the idea of virtual reality came was was in the later part of 2015 when I made a trip to the US when I wanted to do my next venture in technology, but I didn't know which technology. So I made my trip to the US and met a bunch of my professors and, and friends and I, I went to a couple of trade shows, actually just one trade show, which was really good. Um, called SIGGRAPH, which showed all the new technology that was coming up. And that was when I tried virtual reality, uh, a lot of it, and then I, I felt convinced that this is the way to go. Interesting. And, and now, are you based out of the US or you looking at both US and India as a, as a market to capture? So we are incorporated and um, our headquarters is in the US and our areas of operations so far with two of our customers have been the uh, have been have been Singapore, have been Indonesia, have been UK, Germany, and the US. Um, so far, India has not been in the list of countries that we have conducted pilots in, but hopefully, it should be. <laughs> awesome. Right, so, so let's quickly do the top three. Uh, what's your favorite business book? I'd say my favorite business book is Autobiography of a Yogi. It's not a 
obvious business book, <laughs> but I hmm. think um, that I think the book um, when read will really give you an edge on in business also. Okay. And uh, if you could go back in time when you started uh, Boon Beer, is, is there anything, is there one thing you would have focused on? Yeah, so when I first started Boonvia, like I told you in 2016, you know, the first application that came into my mind was college tours <laughs> because yeah. I was an international student in India and I I had the chance to go to both Stanford and, and Warden, the schools that I was accepted in. But I know a lot of people who didn't have the chance to go and visit the campuses and then they had to make a choice that maybe they didn't like. So that was my first application that I thought of and I spent like a month or two on it. Maybe if there's one thing I would have changed, I would have skipped that and directly gone to medical. Okay. Um, and what's your favorite online tool, for example, Gmail or Slack? I really like... Um, Gmail because it's you know I tried to incorporate everything in it and I tried to keep it clean and I tried to keep it positive and so it gives me positive vibes when I open Gmail <laughs> and I really created it and organized it so I, I don't get much of spam email or it's very filtered created a bunch of filters so it gives I smile when I see my Gmail. <laughs> Got it and uh, what's the best way people can reach out to you? Well, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm pretty active there. And um, you can send me an invite and you can put a reason why you, you know, you, you know, nowadays when you send an invite, you can write a little bit about um, the connection you have before sending the invite. Otherwise, like a lot of random invites are pretty notorious. So, right. but LinkedIn is a great way to connect with all of us. Awesome. So, uh, thanks for coming on to the show. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Um, you made me think, you made me take a trip down memory lane <laughs> with the FTZ and my Stanford and Wharton visits. So thank you so much. I think this has been a great start to my day. Thanks for listening to the Life Self Mastery podcast, where we teach you how to start and grow your online business. For more information, visit Rohit's blog at www.lifeselfmastery.com.